Welcome to Hope Church Winter Garden. This week's podcast is part of our new series, New Year, New You. Well, good morning. It's good to see you today. You look good. Turn to the person next to you and say, you look good. Turn to your second choice and say, you don't look so bad yourself. Hey, man, we're glad you guys are here today. Can we put our hands together for the worship leaders and our worship team today? Phenomenal job. Thank you, Janae. I met Janae when she was 13 years old. Some, uh, time out first. I, I like to serve. And um, I, my favorite position and the place to be on campus is to be outside. So if I'm about to repeat something my wife just said, I'm sorry, but I just like to be out there in the parking lot. I like to be the first person to say hi to you guys and see how good you look, see what you're working with today, you know, see if you got some new clothes on or not. So anyways, so I was outside, but man, I met Janae when she was, she was 13 years old, and, um, and I never heard her lead worship. This is actually the first time we've ever been in the same building together when she's led worship. I've seen videos and um, I'm so thankful that God has used her in, in such a great way, and, and um, honestly, she probably could have spoke today and, and taught us more than what I'm going to teach you guys today. God's just done some cool things in her life, and I'm thankful to have her, and, and uh, Jordan on drums back here, my brother-in-law invested him for the last eight years, and he's an awesome drummer, and, and Jeannie here, um, her, her, brother's, her brother and sister-in-law are on our dream team, and um, she lives in Winter Garden, so we're like, it just makes sense that you come, and so we're trying to recruit her on Sunday mornings. Um, she doesn't go anywhere, so it's okay to recruit her, you know what I'm saying? So, um, but man, we're just glad you guys are here today. And then Jill, we call her Faithful Jill. She's just here all the time. We love her, and she's awesome. Yeah, you guys like Jill. You don't like me, though. That's fine. Um, <clears throat> hey, we're really glad you're here today. We're in a series called New. We're in a series called New. And so um, it's a new year, and it's a new you. And so if you're here today and you're trying to figure out life and trying to make sense of some things, this is a great place to be at. Um, I, I met a couple that walked in today, and uh, 23 years old, and they said, um, I said, hey, you got kids? And they said, yeah, we got kids. I said, we got three. I said, awesome. Tell me their ages. He said, I've got a, um, I've got a, a, a two-year-old, and I got seven-and-a-half-month-old seven twins. So automatically I hugged them because I felt bad for them. Because myself, I've got, I'm, I'm just eight months ahead of them. I got 14-month-old twins or 15-month-old twins. And then the next, next people that came walking in were my friends, uh, Fraley and, and Brooke. And Brooke is a twin, and she married Fraley, and Fraley has, they have twins. And so I'm like, this is your church. And then the lady at the front door, she, she um, has twins. And my friend Rhonda right there, she has twins. So if you have twins, this is your church. If you don't have kids, you don't have twins, don't drink out of this water fountain right here. Because I don't want you to get what we have. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. It's not in the water fountain. We all got it from somewhere else. And so, man, we're glad you're here today. We're in a series called New. We're new. Last week we talked about new life. And the verse that we used all month is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. The Bible says this. If anyone is in Christ, they're a new creature. If anyone is in Christ, they're a new creature. The old is passed away. Behold, God can make all things new in your life. I love, I love the scriptures because the scripture over and over talks about God doing something new in your life. A few years ago, I posted this thing where God, God wants to do something new. My twins came to church today. And that's what they're crying. I'll talk to you after church, son. And so um, 
I, I, was, I, was, I posted something a few years ago. I'm like, man, God wants to do something new in your life. And God, God's a new God. And someone wrote to me, uh, God can't do anything new. He's the same yesterday, for today, and forever. And I'm like, yes and no. Because the Bible tells us this, that God, every day you wake up, God's mercies are new. And so his mercies and his goodness and his grace for you is new every single day. So when you wake up tomorrow, God's already in tomorrow, and he already has to be new prepared for you. And so we say at our church all the time, um, we're, by the way, if you're new with us today, we're a four-month-old church. And, um, and we're just trying to figure this thing out as we go. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we're a four-month-old four church, and we just love people, and we're glad that you decided to make it today. One of the things that we try to say to you, and hopefully someone said it to you today, is this. We're glad you're here. Because I think sometimes we walk into churches, and it's like, nobody wants me here. You ever feel like that before? It's already hard enough going to a, a, a new church, but when you get there, you're like, man, I don't even think they wanted me to. To, to come here. I have friends, they're from England, and they said we, they came to our church in Orlando, the church we came from, and they, and they got saved at our church. They moved into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And they went back to England. They're like, we're going to go find a church. Well, if you know anything about England, it's kind of a cold and kind of a dark place. And she goes, we walk into church in uh, Brian and Roz, and she goes, we walk in, we walk down towards the middle to the middle to backish, and we kind of sit down, and we're like, this is, this is our place. This, we, we found seats. This is good. And she goes, there wasn't very many people there, but um, but we were there, and it was okay, and people were watching some announcements come across the screen, and we're thinking, man, this church is nothing like the church that we came from, but we're going to check it out anyways. And this sweet little old lady walked up behind us and tapped on our shoulders. And we're like, awesome, someone's going to say hi to us. And the lady said hi, and they were like, man, this is awesome, someone's saying hi to us, because no one has said hi to us yet, and maybe they do want us here. Maybe this is going to be like the church that we came from. And the lady said hi, and we said hi, and, and she says, um, you're in my seat. <laughs> And so they had to get up and move. And, and they, she goes, she's like, then they're like, oh, they, they have a sense of humor at this church in England. And they're like, they, they smile and they're like, she's like, no, I'm not kidding. You're in my seat. You got to move. And so we want you to know that we're glad you're here. And we hope that you feel comfortable and we hope that you are, you're welcomed here. You know, one of the biggest things I struggle with as, as a pastor and, and, and as a leader um, is that so many people, the, the church over the years has become this hard place to get into. You with me? The church has become this hard place to get into. And, and as, I, as, I, as I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm young and I feel like I'm trying to figure this thing out, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to do this thing the way I think God wants us to do it at this church and listen to his word in my life. And I, I realize as I read the Bible that the church that God designed was a church where the door was wide open and people could come in from all walks of life. I get phone calls every week and like, hey, I have a friend, they want to come to our church. I'm like, I'm like, what's so why are you calling me? <laughs> Bring them. They're like, well, they they, you know, the last church they were at was this, last church was that. Man, we just we want you to come here. We want you to be here. We want you to we want you to experience Jesus at this church. There's no secret. We're, people ask all the time, are you guys a non-denominational church? And we're, we're not. We're just a Jesus church. We just want people to come here about Jesus. And we want to do it the way we want to do it the way the Bible did it, as best we know how. And Jesus would just walk into places and would just share his word. And love the people. And so we're here in this city just loving people and serving people. And um, that's why God brought us here today. And every person that we come in contact with that meets this person we call Jesus, God wants to change their life and make it new. He wants to give them a new or a fresh start. We have a phrase at our church that we've been using the last four months. That, and it's this, that your best days are ahead of you. We truly believe that at our church. Some of you guys are coming out of 2015, you're like, man, I'm glad that's over with. <laughs> we believe that your best days are ahead of you. Have you ever been, it, 
probably been a long time, but have you ever played in, in the dirt before? Yeah, hopefully it wasn't recent, you know, unless, you have a, unless you're a gardener. But you ever played in the dirt before? You're like, man, I, this, is, this is a cruddy this is a cruddy situation that I'm in. I'm, I'm digging in dirt there, and you get all that, you get all that dirt in, in your nails, and it's like, man, it's like you're just, you're just dirty. Your clothes are dirty. Everything about you is dirty, and it seems like you can't get any dirtier. And the best feeling in the world after you're really, 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 really dirty is getting a fresh shower, maybe a glass of water first, or maybe, but nothing like feeling clean and new again. And that's what Jesus wants to do in our lives this year. He wants to give us all a brand new, fresh start. And his mercies are lined up for you tomorrow already. We don't care where you've been. We're excited about where you're going. We're excited about where you're going. And so if you've got a Bible, we'd love for you to turn to Luke chapter 7. And if you don't have a Bible, it's totally okay. We want to give you one. And so when you walk out of church today, um, or if I get boring at some point, you can just get up and walk out and just go to the orange room. You can ask them for a Bible, and they'll give you a Bible. One of the things I, one of my favorite things about our church is that we, we give out Bibles every single week. I love that because we believe everyone should have God's word. Uh, I went to um, Manila, Philippines um, with Janae's brother. Did you go on that trip or no? Do you remember? You've been a couple times. It wasn't with me. I don't remember. I would have remembered you. I remembered your brother because I have a funny story about it that I can't say in church. So... But man, in the Philippines, not everyone has a Bible. And we would give these Bibles out, and it was like, oh man, I got a Bible. It's like, you give, it's, like, it's like me giving my son a brand new basketball. He's like, oh, this basketball's awesome. Or drumsticks. If he gets a pair of drumsticks, he thinks it's like a gift straight from heaven. He loves it. And you're getting the Bible in, in, in third world countries and serving people and getting the Bible. They just like, oh, I have a Bible now. And they don't want to lose it. So we, we think God's word is alive. We believe it's living. And we believe it wants to live inside of you. His word wants to be inside of you. And so if you don't have a Bible, we want to give you one. Um, if you're using an app, um, you can turn to, or click over to Luke chapter 7. And we, we use the New Living Translation. Um, and so I want to read a, a story today in the Bible that's super, super important to us um, as a church. And we hope it will give you a new start this year. Um, when you walked into you got something that looked like this. It says new on the front of it. Inside there... Um, there's a notes section. If you want to take notes, you can. And um, write a couple things down. We believe this, that you're going to hear some things today that, that we hope will help you tomorrow. You ever been to church before and you're like, oh, that was good. And then you walk out and you're like, ah, I forgot what he said. Write a couple things down today. If something inspires you, something that encourages you, right now we want to encourage you and we want, and we want to inspire you. That's kind of our goal. And we want you to come back next week and have fun with us. And so that's kind of our, where we're at as a church. So write some things down that might encourage you. Today I want to talk to you about a new name. I want to talk to you about a new name, because when you're a new creature, God gives you a brand new name. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're changing your name today. You're changing your name today. You're changing your name today. You're changing your name. You're changing your name today. Luke chapter 7, very, 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 very sad story, but it ends amazing. Luke chapter 7, verse 36. If you have a Bible, go along with us. Uh, one of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his house, and he sat down to eat the food. Verse 37, a certain immoral woman from that city heard that he was eating there. She brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on them. 
It's one of the most clearest pictures of God radically changing someone's life in the Bible. Wouldn't it, they're sitting down, they're having a meal. They used to recline back in the day. They were just chilling when they ate back in the day. Now we got to sit in hard chairs. But they were just sitting on that chair, leaned up against some pillows, propped up, f- f- eating food, legs to the side. And this lady comes in, and it says that this lady was an immoral woman. Now she's labeled. We live in a generation where we don't like labels. This lady's clearly labeled. Everyone knows this lady in the town. And the reason why they know her in the town, because she is the woman that all the guys go to with money. And she's, you know, the, I'm trying to scan my audience. Sometimes we have kids sneaking here, and so I try to be sensitive to that. My 14-month-old, I think she's okay to hear this. <laughs> she's heard worse. No, I'm just kidding. <clears throat> she, uh, this lady, <laughs> she's my daughter, trust me. No, she, this lady here is the, she's, she's, a, she's a prostitute. She sells herself for money. And at some point in her life, I don't know where things went left or where things went right, but she got to a place in her life where her only way for her to make money was for her to use her body. And she was left to do this. Now it says an immoral woman walked in there, or this, this, this sinner walked in, and the Pharisees are there. Now the Pharisees in this story, they're the people that they, they quote unquote, they, they know better, or they're the people they've learned. They've learned some of these laws there's over 600 plus laws in the Old Testament. These guys have learned some of these things. These guys have memorized scripture. These guys know a lot of things. They know what you're supposed to do. What you're not. So they walk in and they're like, holy cow, the moral woman just showed up. And this lady goes up to Jesus and she's so overwhelmed with emotion. I, I, was, I had coffee with a friend last week and, and she said, you know, I walked into your church. I walked into church. She, she came our very second, she came the second week of our church. That would have been September 27th last year. And she said, last week I sat in church and we talked about a new life in Christ. And she said, the Holy Spirit just overwhelmed me. And I felt like I haven't been that close to the Holy Spirit in a long time. This lady walks in, she automatically, and she knows who Jesus is. She goes there. Another translation, it says that she learned that Jesus was at this guy's house. She heard or she learned. And so someone had to tell her where Jesus was at. She wouldn't have just known that. Someone told her. You know, and I hope that, and we hear, as we unfold the story, this is just a little sidebar. I, I hope that you and I, we're telling people about what's happening in this building. Hey, there's a Jesus who loves you and cares for you, and he accepts you, and he's, and he, and he's a good, good father, and that's who he is, and, he's lo- and he wants to love you. I hope we're telling people about that. It's the best news ever. Jesus loves you and he cares for you. It's that simple. I think so many people are like, I don't know how to witness to my friends. I don't know how to tell my friends about Jesus. Just do this. Tell them that you were a piece of work and that you were messed up and Jesus came along and he changed your life. Like, that's it? Yeah. I, I ask you guys to check in every week on Facebook and one of our friends checked in a few weeks ago. Alan, I don't even know where he's at, but Alan checked in. He said, my area is in the back. He said, my pastor's not perfect. Is yours? And I think I, the thing went viral, you know. Like, but we're all in this thing. We're, we're all sinners. We've all fallen short of God's glory. And he comes in and he touches our life and makes us new. And this lady here, she wants to be new. She's striving for something different. She's striving for something new. She needs some peace in life. She's sold herself out over and over and over again. Every time she sold herself out, she felt empty. And every time we sell out to something that's not Jesus, we're going to feel empty. And we'll have to find something else. And so this lady, she's sold out over and over and over again, and she's sitting there, and she's got this perfume, and 
when you, when you, this, this story, when you see here, this lady here, she's got about this, this ex, most expensive perfume that she possibly could have had, she used. It's the, probably the only, probably that, that, that ointment, that, that perfume is probably the thing that made her probably feel the best she ever felt. It made, it made her, it was a smell that was so strong, she's like, oh, it doesn't remind me of where I've, maybe where I've been at. Or maybe it did remind her where she'd been at. And she's so overwhelmed by emotion, like her tears. She didn't, could you imagine if you, if you had to take a shower today, but you didn't need any water? Or if you've been outside barefoot and you wouldn't need any water? Because her tears were streaming. I, and we can't paint that picture for you now, but could you imagine? I mean, her eyes are running to clean those feet. Let's keep on reading. Um, verse 39. The Pharisees who had invited him saw this. He said to himself, if this man were a prophet... He would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Then Jesus answered his thoughts. <laughs> Isn't it cool? Like, that stinks. That stinks if you knew my thoughts. If I walked up, Janae knows, if Janae knew my thoughts, I walked up to Janae and she's like, yeah, it's no problem. Like, how did you know that? Oh, I know, I can read people's thoughts. That would be freaking weird, right? Well, this situation is the same exact way. Jesus says, oh, hey, Mr. Pharisee, I got an answer for that. I got an answer for that. And so he says to him, verse 40, he answers that. He says, Simon, you Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher. <laughs> verse 41, then Jesus told him this story. Now listen to the story because it's important. It's super short. Could you imagine being in this situation? I, I love this. Jesus is like, all right, story time. Shut your mouth and listen. I'm going to tell you a story. I love that about Jesus. Story time with Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Um, uh, there's, this, there's a story that I, that I read to my kids in, in their room, and the twins, they share a room, and it's, it, I don't know what it's called, but the whole line is, what happened to Pookie? And, and so I've got to almost memorize, because I read the book all the time, my kids will walk up to me, and they're like, uh, 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 my son does, he's rude. Uh, you know, guys, they get older, they grunt, my, 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 my one-year-old, he's already started the grunt thing that guy's doing, he's like, uh, 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 and I'm like, what do you want, and they sit on my lap, they want me to read a book, and my, my daughter, she's selfish, and she's the biggest sinner between the two of them, she wants to come in, and she's like, get rid of that book, that book is lame, get this book, she wants, she doesn't care, if he's on my lap, she wants to move him out of the way, and she's got him by five pounds, so she usually can get him out of the way, or she wants to bring this book down, or she just like, she needs the attention, she doesn't want to share that with and she's, and she's, her and I are, are closer. And my son likes my wife and my daughter, she likes me more and I'm okay with that. But you see here, and let me read the story. And Jesus is like, all right, Mr. Simon, Mr. Pharisee, I want to tell you guys a story because this is essential. I'm going to take you to school essentially. Good news. I'm going to take you to school. And here's what he tells them. There was a man who loaned money to two people. <clears throat> it was 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 pieces to the other, but neither of them could repay him. So he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? He asked him, what do you, what do you think? One, he gave 500, one, he gave 50. Who do you think was more thankful? Who do you think was more thankful? And Simon's like, I got an answer. That's pretty simple. He says to him, I suppose the one that he canceled the larger debt. And Jesus said, that's right. Then he turned to the woman and he said to Simon, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me any water to wash the dust off my feet, which was custom, which was normal. But she has washed them with her tears 
and wiped them with her hair. You didn't even greet me with a kiss, but from the time I first came in, she has not, for she came, first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she's anointed my feet with rare perfume, the best perfume that she had. There's another story that's simple, that's similar to this in other gospels, in other, in other gospels, and it said that this was probably about a year's worth of wages for her to have this oil. A year's worth. Could you imagine taking a year's worth of your money? Could you imagine taking a year's worth of your money and buying something and saying, Jesus, this is for you? It's hard to give 10% back to God, right? <laughs> like, but could you imagine saying, I'm just God, I'm gonna bring all, I'm gonna just bring a year's worth of wages. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring those for you. That, that's that's for you. And she's done that very thing. Jesus is saying, guys, you guys are missing the whole point. You guys are missing the whole point. I hope that when we sing those, that song, Good, Good Father, I hope that song was able to kind of weave its way through your heart. And, and, and the reason why I'm asking that, the reason why I'm hoping that weaved your heart, because it's so hard to fathom that, that there's a, a father who's perfect in all of his ways. It's hard for us to fathom because we, we're so used to humans. We're so used to, we're so used to bad things happening. We're so used to people killing each other. We're used to people being mean to each other. We're, we're used to all of those things. We're used to men hurting other men. and ladies hurting other. It's hard for us to get our arms around the fact that there's a perfect father and he's good and that's who he is. It's hard for us to, to fathom that. And he says, man, you, you guys, your guys are missing it. He says, bud, you're missing it. The Pharisee knew everything about Jesus. He knew more than the lady that came in. But the value of the cross was different for both of them. The value of what God gave to them was different for, for both of them. This lady knew everything about Jesus. The Pharisee knew everything about Jesus. One had actions to it. We believe this. At our church, it's very simple. Um, you come here and you hear about Jesus and he changes your life. And you're like, well, what part do I have in all that? You don't really get a part. Jesus does the work. I, I listened to this guy and he said the gospel does, the gospel works best when we let the gospel do the work. Man, we want to serve up Jesus to everyone we know and let him change you. I am the way I am today in my walk with God, not because I'm, I'm because I've I've worked any harder than anybody else, why I work hard at my walk with Christ. And the Bible says if you're a leader, you're gonna be doubly judged. You're gonna you're gonna be you're gonna give a double account when you stand in front of God one day. I work super hard at following Jesus. I try to keep myself away from sin because I'm it's already inside of me. So I try to stay away from it the best I can. I try to put as much good things in me as possible. I'm one of those weird guys when I run, I listen to people preaching to me. They're like, that is weird. What's wrong with you? It works for me because I keep the same pace, but it's good for me too because I'm getting positive coming in. I need as much positive coming in me as possible. My friend the other day was like, hey, you need to listen to Drake. <laughs> I'm like, why? He's like, there's some good sermon stuff in his songs. And I'm like, too bad. I don't listen to Drake, but I did use a title two weeks ago. And, uh, and so I, I don't know if I can really listen to it. Like, I, need as much, I said, bro. I need as much positive going in me as possible because I'm already full of sin. I was born that way. We were all born that way. Only Jesus can change us. And so, man, we want to come. This lady, this, this, Jesus says to this guy, hey, what's, what's more? Who, who do you think appreciated it more, the one with the less or the more? And here's the, this lady here. She realized that Jesus was changing her life in an instant. 
like, you know, we, we've been in church a long time, so usually, and, and in just a moment, I'm going to say, hey, if you're in here today and you want to invite Jesus to come into your life and to save you, I'll give people an opportunity to do that. That's, that's not a secret. We'll say, hey, do you want Jesus to come into your life and to save you? We're all, and, and in this story, by the way, we're all this lady. In this story, there's one good guy and there's one bad guy. The good guy in the story is Jesus. And in this story, the sinner, that represents all of us in here today. So we're in the story. We're the one that sinned. We're the one that lived out. We're the, in this story, we're the prostitute in this story. You're like, that's such a weird way of looking at it. We were. We were the sinner. We were the immoral person. And in that story, the person that got saved in the story was the lady that was immoral. And that, Jesus did the saving. But we've become so accustomed. This is, this is just... We've come so accustomed to ask Jesus to come. We've heard that. Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I'm far from you. I know that I need you to change my life, and I want that. And that will happen. That's happened 29 times in 2015. It's happened, it happened last Sunday, in the first Sunday of the year. We've had people give their life to Christ. It happens, and it's awesome. This lady hasn't said a word yet, but she's saved. You're like, how do you know that? <laughs> because when you get around Jesus, being around Jesus is what saves you. Being around Jesus is what saves you and I. This lady automatically, the Holy Spirit, just, and I, she was saved like in an instant. And, and let, me re, let me finish the story and, 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 and you'll see it. Um, you didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven so she has shown much so she has shown me much love but a person who is forgiven little shows only little love then jesus said to the woman your sins are forgiven the men at the table said among themselves who is this man who is this guy then he goes around that he goes around and forgives sins and jesus said to the woman your faith has saved you go in peace i'm going to invite Jeannie to come up and help me finish the sermon hey can i does the lady talk at all in the story it's a miracle, guys. <laughs> ah, that was bad. I shouldn't have said that. All the guys like, we're coming back next week. All the ladies are like, my last Sunday. <laughs> I say stupid stuff all the time. Could you imagine what it's like to be married to me? Miserable. No, I'm just kidding. <clears throat> kind of miserable. Hey, um, why did I say that? <laughs> oh, I know why I said it, because I'm a sinner, and we all say things we shouldn't say. We all do things we shouldn't do. Hey, can you, can you, can you, can you capture this for a second? Um, she says nothing. She says zero words. Nothing. She just comes in. She realizes who Jesus is. Who Jesus is. She's heard about him. I don't know if she's seen him before ever. I don't know if she's ever seen him before. I don't know if this was the first time. I know it was the first time she'd ever been. But she got close enough for Jesus to change her life forever and here's the thing that I want to talk to you about today for, for our remain, remaining moments she had no name she didn't even get a name she's in the Bible for us to learn from she has no name zero no name could you imagine having no name that's just the, that's, that's the sinner lady that's who that was that's the moral lady she had no name. Can, can, can I, my mind as I read this, I thought to myself this. It might have been, it's probably better to have a bad name than to have no name. 
it's better to have a bad name than it is to have no name. Am I right? I don't know. Like, at least someone can say, oh, that's such and such. She had zero name. No one even knew her name. You know what they knew her as? They knew her as her sin. And she knew that. We're coming up in a generation that doesn't like labels. We hate them. We don't like them. No one likes them. Whether you're the old generation or the new generation coming up, no one likes labels. No one likes labels. She got no name. Everyone behind her, they wouldn't even address her name. They just talked behind her back. Could you imagine that everyone they talked to you, they only talked to you behind your back? Can you talk about feeling neglected? Can you talk about feeling alone? Can you talk about feeling beat up and feeling like you're worthless? This lady felt that. We can, re- and, and here's why this is so important to me. This is why I'm so excited is because this has been burning my heart for, for, for all week long. But man, we live in a culture where most people feel like this lady. We all feel empty inside. The average person comes to church because they're looking for some hope. They're looking for something that can change everything for them. And they don't know what it is, but they heard that there's a person that could possibly change everything. And there is a person that can change everything, and his name is Jesus. And when you come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, you get a new name. You get a new name. My friend, you are not what you did. You're not your past. You can only be who God calls you. You can only be who God calls you. That's all you can be. You can't be anything else than that, my friend. You cannot be anything else but what God calls you. I've been, a, I've, I've been in church work for a while. I've, being a pastor is the loneliest profession you can have. 85% of pastors are lonely. Don't worry about it. I'm okay. I'm a people junkie. There's, someone said to me, There's, Wes is never lonely. Like, don't get me wrong. I like to be by myself sometimes, but I like being around people. This profession is a profession where people are lonely because you're just you're trying to do the right thing. It's, it's lonely. Leadership is lonely. I've taught that for as long as I've been a pastor. Leadership is lonely. Doing the right thing, you're lonely. The average person, they, they feel lonely and they feel rejected and they feel hurt and they feel beat up. That's where most people live their life at. You want to know why? Because they had a past where someone told them, hey, you're this or you're that or you're this or you're that. Or they did something that they're not proud of and they did something one time or they did something two times and someone said to him, oh, you're that. And that's what they've become. They've accepted the label that the world's put on them. My friend, you can only be who God's called you to be. I don't care where you've been at. I don't care if you've been in the deepest pit of your life, and I don't even care what happened down there, but I know this, that Jesus says that when you roll with me, you get a new name. You get a new name. You're like, how do you know that, Wes? Here's how I know, because the Bible says in Colossians chapter 3, verse 12, that he calls you chosen. He's chosen you. The Bible uses this word, it's, it's, it's a church word, it's a church word, it's in the Bible, it uses this word elect. For those people that he's chosen. The Bible says he's chosen. He's called you sons and his daughters. He's called you chosen. The Bible tells us that he calls you beloved. Deuteronomy chapter 33, 12. The beloved of the Lord dwells in safety. If you're a believer today and you know Jesus as your Savior, the Bible says it's your beloved. I don't care what the world calls you because Jesus says that he calls you chosen. He calls you beloved. He calls you his child. I helped a single mom move yesterday with one of our high school students. And, um, and and I'm, I'm, I'm there, and this guy comes up, and he shows up, and he brings this little kid. And the, and the little kid, if you're going to do things, and you're going to help people, and you bring a little kid around, the little kid's going to be in the way, and I'm okay with that. My brother's daughter helps us load these cases in. 
helps us move stuff around. Is she in the way? Absolutely, but we're glad that she's here. You don't, you tell you, you bring your kid to church and say, hey, get out of the way. You're going to teach your kid to hate church. And so we let our kids help us here. We pressure washed the front of this, these steps before we started this church. My son rolls up. My brother's out there pressure washing. And Tyler and Jenner are out there. They're trimming the palm trees here at this place. It doesn't belong to us. We just showed up and started cutting stuff down. And my, my son's out there having to help pressure wash. Well, this kid's in the way. And, my, and his, friend, his friend that we're helping move, this, this single mom with four kids, she moves all the way here from Indiana. She's married for about 14 years. She moves all the way here from Indiana all by herself. I mean, with, with her husband, she's here for one year, and on her, it was a year, just a few weeks ago, her husband says, you're on your own, you got it, I'm out of here, I'm leaving you. And she's stuck with these four kids. So we're here helping her, helping her move, and this kid shows up, and he's in the way. And this guy says, oh, this is my son. And the lady says, I didn't know you had a son. She goes, oh, I know, I just got him Wednesday. She said, we just adopted this kid. I mean, adoption is a, is a, I think sometimes it's a stinky thing, but it's awesome, it's, it's really an awesome thing. Because... When you have kids, you, you're stuck with those little kids. Moms, that's where you say amen. You're stuck with those kids. But when you adopt a kid, that his mom's in Nazareth, he said, hey, we don't want you no more. Adoption is such a powerful thing. So I don't care what, if you have the best mom and dad in the world. The Bible says that God says, I've, I've adopted you into my family. I'm, I'm, you get a new dad. You get two dads. My dad's on the, on the third row, but I got another dad who's in heaven, he, and he's perfect, and he's, and, he's, and he's perfect, and he's good in all his ways. I have two dads, but I'm adopted by Jesus. When you adopt someone, I was with my friend this week, he's, he's adopted twin boys, he's about to adopt a little girl. It costs 20s and 30s of thousands of dollars. It costs money. You get a kid that you have no idea, his mom could have been on anything. You have no idea what could happen to this. And you choose that kid. The Bible says that God chooses you. You're chosen. So these names are hopping off the page out of my mouth. And to you, maybe you want to write one of these names down. Maybe you want to be chosen from now on. Maybe, here's what, I love this, John 15, 15. The Bible says, I've called you my friend. Man, if you, I, I, I'm okay being lonely. You want to know why? Because if I'm lonely, that means it's just me and Jesus. And he's the best friend I could ever have. He's never told any of my secrets before. Love that about him. He's never told one of my secrets before. You know what Jesus has never done before either? He's never judged me. You want to know why God's never judged me before? Because he already knew I was going to screw up and he died for my sins. So there's no need to judge because he already knew all my sins in the first place. So there's no need for him. And hey, we ought to take a picture from his book too. I, I told our next steps class that we'll leave here today and we'll walk in the cafeteria. I told them, we don't got to judge people here at our church. We don't need to. And they're like, why not? Because Jesus himself has covered all of their sins. And if he doesn't call them judged, why would we call them judged? Why would we put a label on them? Why would we call them, oh, they're that, or they're that? Why would we do that if Jesus himself doesn't do that? He says here in the Bible in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. It's an awesome, awesome, awesome book. You can go read Ephesians in six chapters. You can read it between now and next Sunday. It's an awesome, awesome, awesome book. The Bible says that we're his workmanship. You're God's, God's crafted you, my friend. He's made you. He's crafted you and he's made you. And you're loved and your friend and your daughter and your son. And about Romans 8, verse 17. Romans 8 is an awesome chapter. You can read that. Just read Romans 8 for the next six days over and over again. And of children, then we're heirs. Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided Provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified in him. We and I, you and I, were, if you're a son or daughter of Jesus and got a new name, he calls you his heir. 
Being an heir of Jesus is awesome. You ever seen someone who inherited rich? Inherited money? Awesome, right? That's like an awesome thing. Oh, someone died. You got a million dollars. Like, it's cool. But when you get Jesus, and when you die and you go to, you get, you're an heir of Jesus. It's way more than any amount of money. Man, the, the, when, you, when you become an heir of Jesus, the, the future is just so amazing. You get, he just, the Bible says he lavishes love on us. Man, you imagine being heir of all the love in the world is Jesus. We get, we've inherited Jesus. We're an heir of Jesus. He calls you blessed. He calls you the apple of his eye. He calls you redeemed. In him we have redemption through his blood, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. We believe this at our church. We say it every single week almost, that God can redeem anything you've been through for his glory. God can redeem anything. Abortion, Wes, absolutely. Murder, Wes, absolutely. Don't kill anyone in here, but like if that was your past, God can redeem that. God can redeem anything. That crazy high school thing that you went through, high school students, the things you did in high school you regret, God can redeem that. God can redeem anything that you've gone through. God can redeem that. He's a perfect father, and that's how he can do it. If he wasn't perfect, then he couldn't redeem it, but he is perfect, so he can redeem anything. His new name for you, by the way, I, I'm done. Should have been done. I got a little bit excited. A new name with Jesus brings life. And a new name of Jesus brings victory over whatever you're going through. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And because he loves you, he wants you to have a new name. Hey, could you do yourself a favor? Can you let go of the labels that people put on you? Can you let go of that? Like, you don't have to do any work. Like, Jesus does all the work. The gospel... The gospel works best when we let the gospel do the work. Like, but can we just let go of the labels and say, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick up a different label. I'm I'm gonna pick up a I'll just pick up a different label. I'm redeemed. Just call me redeemed. And if you forget, maybe some of you guys today you need to you need to ask, do you have tattoos? Yeah, you just need to ask Janae where she got this cool tattoo at. And go wherever she went and get a reminder on your on your forearm. It's a good place. You're like, this guy is promoting tattoos. If you're a high schooler, a middle schooler, my parents wouldn't let me either. I had to turn 25 to get my first tattoo. But you just, you obey your mom and dad. That's the right thing to do. Like, that's in the Bible too. But if you're an adult in here and, you, and, you, and you're like, you're, every day you wake up, you're like, man, I just want to go back to sleep. And because of the depression that you're in, because of the things that people have told you and you bind it, maybe you need to get a reminder I'm loved by him. It's who I am. It's the best ink you'll ever get. I'm, just, I'm loved by God. That's my new name. If someone says, hey, man, you, weren't you that guy? Boom, redeemed. You know, maybe you need to go and says, I'm with Jesus. I don't know what you need to get. Maybe you need a cross to remind yourself, hey, I'm with Jesus. You, some of you guys are thinking, this is the first church I've ever been where the invitation was to go out and get a tattoo. <laughs> some of you guys are like, your soul. You're like, I'm in. Where do I, where do I get my tattoo? When we walk out, say, there's actually going to be a guy giving tattoos. <laughs> hey, he loves you. I'm trying to drive the point home. He loves you. And so many people don't allow him to love them. And I don't know why that is. I know why it is because it's like I'm telling you one time that God loves you, but for 20 years someone's told you that you were a, or 30 years you've been programmed to be whatever. The Bible says you got to renew your mind. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says you got to renew your mind. And you got to start telling yourself the best preacher you know needs to start becoming the person sitting in your seat. 
I'm loved. It's who I am. When Satan reminds you of your past, you sometimes gotta tell Satan, you gotta say, you gotta say, screw you, Satan. God loves me. I'm not listening to you. Get out of here. You just gotta do that. But instead we let him get a little, little word in, and you're like, yeah, he's right. I did do that. You, if God can separate your sin from the east and the west, why can't we separate our sin from the east and the west? Thank you for listening to today's message. Visit us at hopewintergarden.com to connect with us.